Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name is Alicia. We are thrilled that you're joining us today for yet another tale of marital misadventure and love gone wrong. Stacy, you've got a sports ball story for us this week. I do. I have an almost forgotten scandal from the land of baseball and possibly the strangest tale of marital misadventure we've ever bumped into in this show, which is saying a lot. You ain't kidding. But hey, it worked out for half of our quartet of characters, so I guess that's something. Before we throw the first pitch, though, Alicia, is that a magic mirror that I spy? It is. Huge thanks and shout outs to our newest supporters over at patreon.com slash trashy divorces, getting bonus episodes, dumpster dives, Zoom salons, and more. Huge, huge thanks to Beth, Joanna H., and Alan C. And to our very sweetest friend, Teresa, you and yours are in our hearts today. We are thinking of you and sending All the love your way, friend. All right, Alicia. If I'm going to take you out to the ballpark, what do we need to do? You really are sportsing today. We got to go, go, go. Oh, Stacy, I got my peanuts and Cracker Jacks. (laughs) Take me out to the ball game. Alicia, there's been a lot of chatter lately about the private lives of big-time sports figures and, you know, a shirtless brother. But to be clear, for all the Twitter sturm and drang about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, their relationship is downright conventional compared to the story I'm about to tell you. And a quick shout-out to Sam and Allie from the podcast I'm Horrified, which is back and as wonderful as ever, for telling us about baseball's trashiest scandal of 1973. Love Sam and Allie, and we are going back in time today. Oh, yeah. I'm talking, I love it. I'm talking about the Yankees wife swap. <gasps> what? Yankees wife swap? This story broke on March 5th, 1973, when a couple of Yankees left-handed pitchers decided that they had some things to get off their chests and oh. held separate press conferences from the team's spring training in Fort Lauderdale. Mike Kekich, left-handed pitcher, met the press at 10 a.m., with Fritz Peterson, left-handed pitcher, taking the mic at 4 o'clock to announce what would come to be called the most scandalous trade in baseball history. What? The men had swapped wives. <gasps> Actually, they'd swapped lives, really. They had packed up their things and moved into each other's houses with each other's wife and the other's two children and the other's dog. I'm sorry. Really? Mm-hmm. Two left-handed pitchers, mm-hmm. both on the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Just switch lives, including spouses, kids, and pets? Yup. And because I know you're wondering, Mike and Suzanne Kekich had a terrier, and Fritz and Marilyn Peterson (laughs) had a poodle. Oh, my. There is no such thing as a civilized past. (laughs) The scandal that followed this bizarre pair of pressers was somehow not anticipated by either pitcher, 
or by either couple, and it ended up taking a real toll on their careers. Mike Kekich would say years later, neither Fritz Peterson nor I will ever make it into the Hall of Fame, but I know our names keep popping up in the Hall of Shame. I don't lose any sleep over it, but I really don't think it's fair. The 70s were a wild time. Yes, he continued. My whole career went into a black hole after the swap. It was awful. Obviously, the situation did not begin with this pair of press conferences, and it's also worth noting that in the following day's New York Times, writer Murray Chass wrote of the pitchers, quote, it was obvious they had bitter feelings toward each other. Oh, God, we've got to get into this. I'm so intrigued. Here is how this gobsmacking arrangement appears to have come together. And for Mike and Marilyn to have come apart there at the end of the swing in 60s and the early days of the 70s. Fritz Ingalls Peterson, who was born February 8th, 1942, was a talented athlete. As a young man, he pitched on his high school baseball team in Illinois. He was a promising college hockey player at Northern Illinois University and decided to concentrate on baseball, possibly because he was signed by the New York Yankees as an amateur free agent in 1963. Oh, wow. So he's like 20, 21 when this happens. He spent a few seasons in the minors honing his left-handed pitching, and this culminated in a 1.50 ERA with 83 strikeouts and 108 innings in his third minor league season. Real question for you. Do you have any idea what that means? Earned run average. And you you. you want that to be as low as possible. We take our research very seriously here at Trashy Divorces. I think hitters have the RBI, the runs batted in. You want that number to be as high as possible. <laughs> you are learning so much about sports ball. Yes, listeners, correct me if I am not getting that right. Okay, the Yankees had, as the saying goes, seen enough. And Fritz was invited to real deal Yankees spring training in 1966. He became the number two starting pitcher for the Yankees at the age of just 24. Wow. In his major league debut on April 15th of that year, he pitched all nine innings, struck out three batters, had zero walks, and at the end of the 3-2 game, his very first major league victory. Whoa. He'd spend the next nine years with the club, pitch in the All-Star game in 1970, and somewhere in here he also married for the first time to wife Marilyn. So Fritz and Marilyn are together. Yes. For now. For now. Okay. We'll put a pin in that and we'll go meet Mike. So Michael Dennis Kekich, born April 2nd, 1945. I believe he grew up in California. He'd been kicking around the big leagues since 1965. He was not baseball's greatest pitcher, but he had a serviceable arm and that had landed him in rotation with the Dodgers. When the Yankees called him up to join the team in 1969, he and his wife, Suzanne, packed up their things and their kids and their dog and headed to the Big Apple, moving into a home in New Jersey, close to teammate Fritz Peterson and his family. Oh, my. They became couples friends. And what do we say about that, Alicia? You have always got to be really careful who your couple friends with. It is a big, big deal. Well, they became couples friends. They had kids who were about the same age. They would head to the shore or the park or the Bronx Zoo together as families, do family things. Apparently, you know, it was the end of the 60s. There had been some jokes between them about wife swapping. I, it well, feels keep in mind, you have Bob banter. and Carol and Ted and Alice. Like, it's kind of a national yeah. conversation in the 60s. And these are two young athletes, I'm sure, with two young, attractive wives. There, w- there was... 
It was a little charged, I suppose. But by 1972, something changed. Specifically, the night of July 15th, 1972, when they all attended a party hosted by New York Post sports writer Maury Allen. Here's how Fritz explained what happened next. Oh, no. We were invited to a party at Maury Allen's house on a Saturday night, July the 15th, 1972. During the party, we all had a couple of beers and were having a great time. When we were deciding to leave, we had driven two different cars and happened to park behind each other out on the street. I said to my wife, Marilyn, why don't you ride with Mike to the diner in Fort Lee and I'll take Suzanne with me and we'll meet there and then we'll go home from there. Well, that's shady. That's weird. We did that. And Uh we had so much fun together. Suzanne and I and Mike and Marilyn that we decided, hey, this is fun. Let's do it again. We did it the next night. We went out to the (laughs) Steak and Ale in Fort Lee. (laughs) The Steak and Ale. Mike, Mike and Marilyn left early and Suzanne and I stayed and had a few drinks and ate. It was just really fun being able to talk to somebody. All of us felt the same way. We went on from there and eventually he fell in love with my wife and I fell in love with his. It's fun to talk to somebody that's not your spouse. I suppose. This is unconventional. Mm. So Yankees outfielder Ron Swoboda, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, also attended this party at Maury Allen's house in 1972. (laughs) He was quoted later as saying, my first reaction, I had a solid marriage. So I was like, okay, that wouldn't likely happen to me. It probably wouldn't happen to a lot of people. But remember, that was the 70s, not that far from the 60s. No lies detected. No lies detected. And (laughs) zoinks, how about we take a break to hear from our sponsors here. And when we come back, we're going to see how this major league mess plays out and, uh, and, and doesn't as well. Foul ball. Back in a minute, friends. Sibling fights are unavoidable. But what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, but that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Dis and Tell, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Dis and Tell on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. 
My mouth is on the floor. This is amazing. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Things apparently took a serious enough turn between both of these new couples that it freaked them out a bit. So later that summer, they called off the swapping for a week. Back at home with Marilyn, Fritz realized that he just was no longer happy in that marriage. He said, I told Marilyn, I just have to have Suzanne. And <gasps> Marilyn said she was in love with Mike. Oh, my God. He would say later. In October, Mike moved in with Marilyn, her two sons with Fritz and their poodle. Fritz moved in with Suzanne, her two daughters with Mike and their terrier. Everybody had agreed. This is so... Every, How confused were those dogs? Everybody had agreed it would be better if the kids stayed with their mothers in their own houses. I mean, like, I suppose that's thoughtful, given I, the dogs were given no consideration. Who, nobody even cares about Fido and Lucy. I don't know what the dogs' names are, but I'm making stuff up now. Also don't know what the dogs' names were. Sorry. It's okay. I'm really impressed over the whole ERA thing. Carry on. And this is where a potentially lighthearted story weird but lighthearted gets a little darker and a little more sad is it not happiness bliss ever after for our couples well fritz and suzanne really did fall in love they got married in 1974 they are still married today um i saw on his wikipedia page that fritz was diagnosed with alzheimer's disease in 2018 so but all are still alive as far as i can tell today well good on fritz and suzanne Things for Mike and Marilyn basically fell apart right away. Oh, no. By December, like well before that press conference in March of the following spring, things were pretty much over for them. Mike once said of this, quote, Marilyn and I thought we were perfectly suited, just like Fritz and Suzanne. Marilyn was all for the swap in the beginning, but then she backed off. And here's where the hard feelings come in. Quote, all four of us had agreed in the beginning that if anyone wasn't happy, the thing would be called off. But when Marilyn and I decided to call it off, the other couple had already gone off with each other. Oh, shady shades. I mean, is it? No. I don't know. One's a love story, one's not. I. Also, from Marilyn's perspective, when Fritz is like, I, I got it bad for Suzanne, why wouldn't she say, well, that's okay, I'm in love with Mike? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, makes sense. Like, yeah, this, anyway, hmm. I genuinely don't know what these two guys thought the public reaction would be. Yeah, to they all didn't of this. give that any thought before they just press conferenced it. I'm thinking that, you know, the stereotype of the dumb jock may factor in a little bit here. I'm really not sure. There wasn't a PR person on the Yankees. You couldn't have talked to a friend. Like, what do you think's going to happen when we announce this thing that we're doing? Yeah, so you can imagine how well this went over in 1973, or really even how well it would go over today while we're on the subject. Both of these pitchers were lustily booed by crowds when they were on the road. But even at home, the New York City crowds were absolutely no more understanding. Horrified. It was, mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. Fritz, who had always been the stronger of the two as a pitcher, was thoroughly rattled and his stats showed it. The Yankees organization tried to take it all in stride, but the baseball commissioner at the time recorded that he was appalled by the situation, oh, not that he could do anything about sure. it. The Yankees manager joked that the team might have to cancel family day that year. <laughs> Fritz says he genuinely didn't realize what was heading for them until the day after the press conference, saying, quote, I, I saw my picture on TV when I woke up. And I said, uh-oh, 
It's a big one. Though the men had asked the Yankees management not to trade either of them because they wanted to stay close to their kids, Mike was dispatched to Cleveland later that year. Oh, I bet. Then shipped to the Texas Rangers AAA farm team in Spokane when the Yankees traded Fritz to Cleveland the following year in 74. Cleveland, it seems, did not want to have both of them on the roster at the same time. This is incredible. Because of his divorce from Suzanne, Mike was $20,000 in debt, and the Spokane farm team, the Texas Rangers little outpost in Spokane, did not really pay much. So he headed to Japan to play baseball for a season just to make ends meet. After that, he played with the Rangers for the 1975 season, where he would meet his second wife, a nurse, and as far as I can tell, they are still married today. Oh, good. But his career would be dealt yet another serious blow when he was in a motorcycle accident on his way to spring training in 76. Oh, no. And he, I'm, I'm rubbing my right shoulder, but he's a lefty. He separated <laughs> the shoulder on his pitching arm. Yikes. He would close out his career as a relief pitcher for the Seattle Mariners in the 1977 season. Fritz, meanwhile, had been traded from Cleveland to the Texas Rangers in 1976. I'm not sure why that is the path of least resistance for these poor ballplayers. But anyway, then there was a shoulder injury that sidelined him. Oh, no. He signed with the White Sox as a free agent, but there was he had a, another shoulder surgery and basically opted to retire in 1977. In a 1977 interview with the Pittsburgh Press, Mike told writer Sheila Moran... It's been a long time since I've been happy. The spite has long since gone. Oh. Fritz has my children, so I try to be friendly. Fritz and Suzanne had already by this point had the first of, they either had three or four children together. Um, so first baby was already born. And by then both had become devout Christians, which I feel like that may have been some added salt in the wounds Mike was dealing with. After leaving baseball, Mike and his second wife seemed to have settled near Albuquerque, New Mexico, and, you know, just set about living as nondescript, ordinary lives as they could, as far from baseball and the scandal. I feel like Mike kind of feels like this wrecked his life. Not that he didn't find happiness in his next marriage, hopefully he did, but a real inflection point there. And remind me who it was again who suggested they just take each other's wives to the IHOP after the party. Was it Fritz's idea or Mike's idea? Oh, that's a good question. I think it was Fritz's idea. Okay. Yeah. I mean, really, you guys, you're the ones that decided to do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm certain you could shuffle the blame around, but wow, this is on y'all. This is on all y'all. Well, and Fritz, of course, had a... More su- he was an all-star, and I, right? He's had a more successful baseball career. He has stayed more involved in, like, Yankee reunion stuff and senior baseball s- camps in Florida, stuff like that. He got to keep the Yankees in the breakup. A little bit. A <laughs> little bit, yeah. But Suzanne, notably, will not go anywhere near those get-togethers because I think, similarly, that whiff of scandal has never quite gone away, and she doesn't like to be reminded of it. Fritz wrote a memoir in 2009 called Mickey Mantle is Going to Heaven, that Suzanne vigorously opposed him writing, and she insisted that he never use her name in the book itself. He just calls her my new wife throughout. They'd been married for decades at that point. He's described the Yankees during his tenure there in the 60s and 70s as, quote, mediocre at best, pathetic at worst. 
And of course, he never won a pennant or went to the World Series in his time there, unlike modern-day Yankees. It seems like every next 10-year anniversary of this event, which was last year, was uh, 50, I think, the Yankees' wife swap gets newly remembered for audiences. But back in 2011, it hit the headlines all over again for a whole different reason. Oh, why? Noted Red Sox fanatics Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, who oh, no. run the Pearl Street Films production company, decided that this little bit of baseball trivia would be an awesome feature film. Fantastic. Ben, his brother Casey, and writer David Mandel put a script together for a project they were calling The Trade. This was definitely going to happen. A director was attached in 2014, except that Mike was dead set against it. A source told the New York Post at the time he's freaked out that those working on the movie found out where he is. He isn't too keen on having the scandal dredged up again after all this time. So the project seems to have died, but there was a CBS News report that I thought was quite excellent. They reported, it's not clear whether the trade will move forward without Kekic's blessing, but we're guessing that Affleck, a diehard Red Sox fan, will forge ahead. As he recently told MTV, guys bleeping each other's wives, that's those Yankees. (laughs) I'm sure for Mike, it's a lot of bad old memories to process. In March of 1973, the same month as this infamous pair of press conferences, Mike told the Miami News of Fritz, somewhere inside, I'd like to kill him. (gasps) Whoa. I mean, whoa. mm -hmm. This whole escapade certainly killed their careers. Obviously, this happened way before the internet and like even actually a little bit before I was born. So the writing on it is a little scattered. I'm just going to share some of the choice quotes that I uncovered while researching it. Oh, goody. Fritz saying, it just happened. It wasn't planned. Mike saying, there are degrees of love involved. We tried something. (laughs) We tried something with a common understanding. It was completely a four-way thing. Man, that is not what you want to end up like on your tombstone. It was completely a four-way thing. There are levels of love and understanding. Goodness. Yeah, okay, more from Mike here. The only way I could justify giving up my daughters was for a love far greater than any I have ever known. By American standards, Suzanne and I had a good marriage, but I wanted a great marriage. I was idealistic, I guess. You're real father of the year, dude. Wow. Back to Fritz. I didn't steal anybody's wife. I'm not ashamed. Poor Mike. I want to be where Fritz is. That's the only way I can be sure of seeing my daughters. (laughs) Wow. The Yankees manager, Ralph Houck, had this to say about his wayward lefty pitchers. They live their own lives and they've got a lot of years to live. If you're not happy, you only go through the world one time and why go through it unhappy? Some people say you have to stay together for the sake of the kids. We've seen people living together and they're practically separated. I mean, that's a fair point. Sure. You know, you are responsible for your own happiness quotient, and I believe that everybody should be happy. This is just a very unconventional route to attempt to find happiness. I will say, uh, Marilyn never spoke publicly about this. It's the end of my quotations, but where in the in the rare instances where Suzanne was quoted, she was always quick to be like, this was not smutty. This was not like people made a really weird deal about it. And it was not untoward. 
We just fell in love with someone else. Use your own judgment on what you think is smutty or untoward, I suppose. So, friends, that is the story of the biggest scandal in sports in 1973, which I believe is the same year the designated hitter rule rolled out. So that's saying something in baseball. (laughs) The Yankees wife swap. So I'm going to give this one just six trash cans for each of the four children and two dogs who presumably were really traumatized by what turned out to be a terrible idea for one pair and a terrific idea for the other. Thanks again to Sam and Allie at I'm Horrified for the tip. It was indeed delicious. Yeah, thanks, Sam and Allie. And I guess, right, you got to have the rain to get the rainbows. I suppose. Perhaps. Holy cat, Stacy! thank you for bringing us that one. That was... Unexpected, right? Unexpected, a story I have never heard before. And I think I do pretty well cornering this trashy divorces market. That was right. incredible. It was a great tip. Thank you, Trash Pandas, for spending your time with us today. We are going to be back this weekend with some more piping hot trash candy. And in the meantime, you can check us out at patreon.com slash trashy divorces for dumpster dives, bonus divorces, Zoom salons, and more. And don't forget our other podcasts. That's entirely true. If you like trashy, you might find trashy royals interesting on Thursday. You are currently guiding us through a mountain of Mount Battens. Oh, it's about to get so trashy with Dickie and Edwina. And Mondays, I produce Dun and Dun, my weekly exploration of the Dominic Dunn cinematic universe if you are into Hollywood and high society and true crime. Until we meet again, sweet trash pandas, I hope that you will keep your hands clean. I encourage you to keep your hearts trashy. Maybe just go home with your spouse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't You don't need to ride with your buddy, with your husband's buddy, with your I mean, this is buddy. no judgment. Find your happiness. I just, I'm blown away. I've never heard this story before. Yeah. Incredible. Poor Mike. Well done. <laughs> Trash pandas have an incredible rest of the week. Clean hands. Trashy hearts. Bye, y'all. Bye, friends. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all. <laughs>